Welcome to this service on the third Sunday before Lent. My name is Nicholas Lebe, and I'm the curate in charge here at St. George's Tolworth. St. George's is part of the Tolworth Hook and Surbiton Team Ministry. Today is special for us because we celebrate the anniversary of the creation of our team ministry. And this morning, we are looking at our calling to be salt and light to the beautiful community we are privileged to serve. Welcome. Lights of the world, you stepped down into darkness, opened my eyes, let me see. for the sake of the world. Jesus is alive today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Welcome in the name of Christ. God's grace, mercy, and peace be with you. It is lovely to have you join us in this service. Our service focuses on the call to be the salt and light of the world and what it means for us as a church and followers of Christ. We hope our service is a blessing and encourages you in your journey with Jesus Christ. The grace of God has dawned upon the world with healing for all. Let us come to him in sorrow for our sins, seeking healing and salvation. We take a moment to acknowledge the presence of God with us and in us. Let us confess our sins. God, be gracious to us and bless us, and make your face shine upon us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. 
May your ways be known upon the earth, your saving power among the nations. Christ, have mercy. You, Lord, have made known your salvation and reveal your justice in the sight of the nations. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah 58, 1-9a. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the audience of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves? but you do not notice. Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and fight and strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and lie in a sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I choose to lose the bounds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. It is not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house. When you see the naked to cover them and not hide yourself from your own kin, then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly your vindicator should go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. This is the word of the Lord. King of kings, majesty, God of heaven living in me, gentle Savior, closest friend, strong Yeah. 
A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 to 20. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and gives light to all those in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfil. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, through weak human words, give us grace to hear your true and living word, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Apparently, some time before his death, the preacher and writer Eugene Peterson was asked what he would preach as his last sermon. He responded, I think I would want to talk about things that are immediate and ordinary. In the kind of world we live in, the primary way that I can get people to be aware of God is to say, who are you going to have breakfast with tomorrow? And how are you going to treat that person? And I think that's the key to the passage from Matthew we heard earlier. All Jesus is teaching at this point comes from what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. It's a long passage of teaching which Jesus addresses to his disciples, and it starts with the Beatitudes. Think of these as pictures which Jesus is painting. He's painting in words a vision of what the earth will be like once more of the kingdom of God has arrived on earth. From our current earthbound perspective, the Beatitudes may sound like a topsy-turvy world, as Jesus' description of what life will be like overturns our usual expectations. And having painted pictures of those who mourn being comforted and the meek inheriting the earth, amongst others, Jesus goes on to describe how the disciples must operate in this in-between world, where heaven has not yet come fully to earth, but glimpses of it can already be seen. And that's where our reading comes in. Jesus is saying that the disciples can't live on some rarefied plane of religiosity and expectant waiting, but they need to display God operating in the immediate and the ordinary. To come back again to Eugene Peterson's words, in my last sermon, I guess I'd want to say, go home and be good to your spouse, treat your children with respect, do a good job at work. And I believe Jesus is doing the same thing here as he tells his disciples that they are salt and light. Having offered the disciples a prophetic vision of the future in the Beatitudes, he's now firmly bringing them down to earth, 
identifying the calling on their lives in the here and now with familiar items, basic everyday commodities available in every house and kitchen in the land. And notice that he is not telling them what they should be or what they will be, but what they are. When you begin to consider just how many different ways salt is and can be used, its importance becomes obvious. For sacrifice, purification, healing, seasoning, preserving, as fertilizer, used to pay the wages of Roman soldiers, hence the expression to be worth your salt, and to evidence loyalty and or hospitality. But here Jesus is specifically talking about salt as seasoning giving taste to bland food. If you're ever fortunate enough to be in Florence, you may find the local bread to be quite a disappointment, as Florentine bakers proudly bake it without salt. And perhaps many of us will remember the salt and shake crisps, actually I think they've made a number of comebacks, which had or still have a small blue packet of salt to be added to the crisps before eating. There'd be no point in keeping that little blue packet unopened. The salt needs to be shaken and mixed in to make the crisps salty and delicious. And I doubt many attempted to eat the crisps and the salt separately, or even eat the salt and throw the crisps away. If you wanted to make this sound a bit pretentious, you could say that for us, salt exists to be in relationship with something else whether that is to preserve, to cure, to season, or whatever. Everyone knows the importance of salt, although now we know in moderation. And Jesus uses the analogy to stir the disciples into realizing that their calling is to make a difference in the ordinary things of life. Salt has to be used to be mixed in or shaken onto food to give that food a new depth of flavor. When seasoning food, you usually can't see the salt in the food, but once you taste it, you know it's there. It may be invisible, but it makes a difference. So too, the disciples should be present in their homes and local communities and by their presence, make a difference in the humdrum of life. And the warning is there too. If you don't use it, salt becomes tasteless and worthless. So disciples, watch out. And what about light? Jesus talks about one lamp giving enough light to illuminate a whole house so that everyone could see. He's clearly talking here about a modest single room dwelling, the sort lived in by a farmer, a labourer or indeed a fisherman, not a palace with room after room. Jesus is continuing to locate his teaching in the immediate and the ordinary. Putting a light on a stand would give light not so much for its own sake, but in order to lighten almost a flavour its surroundings. Hidden away, a light serves little purpose. Again, it doesn't exist for itself, but is there to shed light on its surroundings. As Peterson paraphrased, to bring out the God colours in the world. And once again, Jesus is telling the disciples that this is how it is, not how it should or will be. They are the light of the world. 
whether that is light shining out from a city on a hill visible for miles around, or a light shining in a room, brightening the private and the homely. I wonder whether by nature as a disciple of Christ, you are more like salt or light, whether that be on a hill or in a house. Some of us will be prepared, feel called, to place ourselves in the spotlight, to be a visible witness, illuminating the shadows by visibly radiating God's love in what we do and say. Others will find that difficult and might prefer to make a less visible difference, but a difference nevertheless in the everyday interactions of life, bringing out the God flavours of this world, as Peterson put it in the message. Either way, salt or light, Jesus' message for the disciples back then, and so by extension for us as disciples of Christ today, is that we are salt and light, called in the immediate and the ordinary to affect our homes and communities for the good, so that God in heaven is praised. Amen. Let us join together in affirming our faith before God and each other. We believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our heart through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Just before I moved to the UK from Singapore, a series of sermons on the heart of God introduced me to a God who loved the downtrodden, vulnerable, and rejected. It aroused a desire in my heart to know this God better. A few years later, God spoke to me about recommitting my life to Him. I started attending the church at St. George's and together with listening to teachings on Christian radio and attending Bible conferences, my journey of seeking God began in earnest. About 10 years ago, I attended Bible study classes and the process of going deeper into the Word of God and applying to my life deepened my love and knowledge of God as revealed in Jesus Christ. My relationship with God became the most important thing in my life. I found that God is indeed a faithful God, whose promises in His Word are true. As the psalmist wrote, taste and see that the Lord is good. I have tasted and experienced His love, His comfort and His provision through the difficulties that happen in life due to relationship breakdowns. Jesus' feeding of the crowds who followed him to hear him and his exhortation for his disciples to freely offer a drink to someone who is thirsty and to feed the hungry in Matthew chapter 25, touched me deeply to do the same. Hence, I took on the role of running the food bank held in St. George's when the opportunity arose. We worked together as a team to sort and distribute donations that had been generously given. We also lend a listening ear, give a word of encouragement where appropriate, while offering a drink. There is also an opportunity for our neighbours to drop their donations for the food bank into the church. In this, we seek to be sought and light in our community 
and share the gospel whenever an opportunity arises. We lift our hearts and minds in prayer, in the faith of God the Father, who loves us and knows our every need, in the name of God the Son, our advocate with the Father, whoever lives to intercede for us, in the power of the Holy Spirit, who comes to the aid of our weakness and pleads within our hearts. Hear us in your mercy, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for the honour and glory of your name.
Amen. We pray for peace in the world, especially, but not only, in Ukraine. Almighty God, we pray that your Holy Spirit may rest on all who bear responsibility for government amongst the nations. Give them the wisdom, courage and strength to make and maintain a true and lasting peace so that the peoples of the world may live together without enmity and without fear to the glory of your name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Father, we bring before you all who are ill or injured or suffering or in uh, sorrow, depressed or lonely. Be present to them through the support of friends and family and in the care of doctors, nurses and all health workers and fill them with the warmth of your love now and always. Strengthen these doctors and nurses for their tasks and give them the joy of knowing that they are instruments in fulfilling your purpose of healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we pray as the congregations of the Tolworth teams in the churches of St. Matthew's Surbiton, St. Paul's Hook and St. George's Tolworth. May we reach upwards to your throne in worship and adoration, inwards to one another in understanding and fellowship, and outwards to the world in evangelism and social compassion. Make us like a city on a hill whose light cannot be hidden, so that others may find Christ as the light of the world, his church as the family of the redeemed, and eternal life as the gift of God. Give us the grace to proclaim through our lives the joy of Christ's victory. Bless us with the wisdom and power of your Holy Spirit. Make us aware in ourselves and in others of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that through you working in us, others may come to know you and your name be glorified. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And now to him who by means of his power working in us is able to do much more than we could ever ask for or even imagine. To God be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all times, forever and ever. Merciful Father, accept our prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, who alone can bring order to the unruly wills and passions of sinful humanity, give your people grace, so to love what you command and to desire what you promise, that among the many changes of this world, our hearts may surely there be fixed where true joys are to be found, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Gathering all our prayers together, 
as our Savior taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And a blessing to send us on our way. The Lord bless you and watch over you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look kindly on you and give you peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Savior's love